Test one, two. Good morning, church. What a wonderful song to, what, what wonderful songs to sing this morning. Amen. I want to just, uh, if you turn in your Bibles to Isaiah, keep your, keep your spot marked. But I also want you to turn to Isaiah. I believe it's chapter uh, 55. Isaiah chapter 55, if you'll turn there and go to verse 6, I'll, I'll say something about that in a minute. Last week, we began to look at the marriage feast, and last week, we looked at those that the Scripture so vividly says uh, they would not come. They would not come. Invite after invite, pleading after pleading, and they would not come. So I want you to listen closely to a couple of statements. This, this by the way, was uh, in relation to today's Bible reading. Uh, if you're going through the MacArthur Study Bible, uh, the, the MacArthur One-Year Bible with us, this was today's Bible reading. And so this is kind of what uh, pricked my thinking about this. So I want you to listen to a few statements I picked up. The servant's work on the cross benefits all those willing to come to him. The servant's work on the cross benefits all those willing to come to him. As we saw in chapter 53 of Isaiah, there are great benefits to those who will come to him because of the sufferings of Christ. Great benefits. Those benefits we find out in Isaiah chapter 54 are absolutely free. All you've got to do is to come. You don't have to have any money. You don't have to have any payment. Listen, I want you to hear what makes His payment sufficient. His suffering is sufficient for our payment. We get, we get without money, wine and milk, absolutely free. Abundance of forgiveness and salvation, absolutely free. There's just one catch. It's for those who will come to Him. But we must come. We must come. So then look at Isaiah 55, 6, where I ask you to go this morning. And this, we're going to finish up with this, but we're going to start with it too. This is, this, this morning's for you. If you're here, it's, it's to consider, have you done this? What an evangelistic message in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. In other words, church, today is the day to come to Jesus if you've never come before. 
Let the wicked forsake his way. You know what that means? There's some things you've been doing when you come to Jesus you're going to have to give up. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Y'all know what he's talking about? There's some things you've been doing, some thoughts you've been having that are going to have to go when you come to Jesus. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. But let me tell you the catch. You must come to him. There's no other place to find redemption other than with Jesus Christ. So we are in the marriage or the wedding feast, the marriage feast. And last week we looked at those who did not come or would not come. Amen. Today we're going to look at what I would call the motley crew. Those who came. Did you know at the Marriage feast to the Lamb. Everyone that the Father has given him will be there at that feast. All of them will be there. It's going to be a wonderful celebration. Amen? So that's what we're looking at this morning. We're looking at those who came. So the parable is all about the marriage of a king's son. Uh, and, and really three things kind of jump out at me from this, uh, this, this parable. The unworthiness of those that were first invited. And he says in the scripture, they weren't worthy to come. They were invited, but they were not worthy because they would not humble themselves and respect and believe in the Son. Then it, it's, it's really amazing that when those invited didn't come, it's amazing the others that were called in their place. And then the last thing we're going to look at next week is the punishment of the one that came to the feast but did not have the right wedding garment. In other words, to go into the presence of the Lord, we've got to be covered with something. And that something we don't have of our own and we only receive it from Christ and it's His righteousness that covers us. So this parable was... Listen, I've, how many times have I read this text? And, and the more I dig into it, the more I see what a gracious invitation this is for people to come to Christ. Just over and over and over again. He sent people out to fill the wedding hall. This parable also, are you listening carefully? This parable reveals the indifferent and even arrogant way men and women respond to the opportunity to come to Christ. It's not a light thing to hear the invitation to come and not to act upon it. It's a serious matter to be invited to come to Jesus and not to accept it. It's also clearly teaching us that hell is the eternal end for any and all who trust in anything outside the work and the righteousness of Christ. This parable informs those to whom he spoke of a sudden destruction 
coming upon the Jews for the rejection of the gospel and then the calling of the Gentiles. God's going to have his guest. Amen. This parable is to show us that not all who heard the gospel call outwardly were saved. It was just those that responded to the invitation. Only those who repent and turn to God in faith for forgiveness and salvation, only those will be found on the day of judgment having the proper wedding garment. Last week we looked at the first seven verses. This week we're really just looking at the the next three. Last week we looked at those who would not come, and today we're looking at those who came. So let's look at verse 8 a little more closely. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. From what little understanding I have of those customs in those days, uh, their wedding ceremonies were not like ours and Probably a a young man and a young woman since birth had been committed to each other by their parents. Uh, They were even considered betrothed together. Their marriage was planned. Uh, It was planned for the future. Everybody knew it was going to happen when time came about. uh, Then when time came about, they would send out and remind the people about this young couple and the plans for them. And So that was a notice, this wedding's going to happen. And then later on, when it was actually time for the ceremony, another invitation would be sent out. So this probably, well, we know that this made a whole lot more sense to those there in that day, accustomed to the customs of that day, than it does to us. But that's kind of what was going on. So then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. Now, you find a scripture there, the next in your notes, from Hebrews chapter uh, 3, beginning in in verse 16, that that speaks clearly to me about what's going on here. So, there was a promise made to the Jews. And the Jews were given advance notice of what was going to happen when Christ came. But when He came, they missed it. And we, we talk about this over and over. How in the world could they miss it? Amen? But think about us today. We have the rest of the Word. We have the complete Word of God. We know the history of what they're talking about here. We, we have seen Christ come. We've seen Him live His life to die on the cross, His resurrection. Uh, he's gone back to heaven. We're waiting. We, we've got the rest of the Word. But how in the world could people today hear about Christ and hear about their sinfulness and not come to Him? Hebrews 3.16. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Now we're talking about out in the wilderness, right? Moses and 40 years of wandering. They were on this wandering. They go up to the promised land and he's told them what to do to take the promised land. Yet they would not. What? They would not go in for lack of faith. Exactly what we're talking about here. Hear the message and over and over, but they would not come to Jesus. Was it not all those who left Jesus led by Moses 
And what had happened when they left Egypt? What had just happened? The Red Sea parted. They went across. The Egyptian army was destroyed. Yet just a little while later, he tells them to cross and go into the promised land. They won't go. It's a a lack of faith. We're we're stiff-necked. We're easy to forget people. We, We just don't act upon what we know. And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned? whose bodies fell in the wilderness? Was there some repercussions for not entering the promised land? Absolutely. But to those... Okay, so was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? Verse 18, And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? They were all gone. Their children got to go in. So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. How in the world could these people not come? How can people listen to the preaching of God's Word and not come? It's a lack of faith. It's a lack of belief. Or it's indifference. Or it's thinking that they're good enough to get there on their own. Verse 4, chapter chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still stands. Are are y'all with me? That time, that dispensation in which you can come to Christ and be saved, it's available to you today. But don't wait. Because you don't know when the last invitation is going to come and he's not going to move on to somebody else. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands... The promise is still here. You trust in Christ, repent, believe the gospel, become a follower of Jesus. The promise is still there. You can have an eternity in heaven. Today's the day to come. Why? Lest us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. The sending of the servants into the highways and inviting all those whom they found to the wedding signifies the apostles now going to the Gentiles. Wow, I'm telling you, this is a big deal. He sent the Jewish apostles who called the Gentiles dogs, he sent them to go get the Gentiles. They had to humble themselves to go. They didn't want to go mix with these people. This is the taking of the preaching of the gospel to all nations, all tribes, all peoples. You know what happened? The territory of the church was greatly expanding at that time. Did you know we still have work to do? I I haven't looked lately, but the last time I did look, there was still a thousand people groups. Now, some of those people groups are a hundred people. There's still a thousand people groups that hasn't been reached with the gospel yet. There's work for us to do. Gathering in all who would be willing to confess Christ. But you know, some of those came that they didn't come in sincerity. God does not delight in doing judgment. You know, I don't think He delighted that those people who didn't have faith and believed to go into promised land, I don't think He... He delighted in having to wait for them to die out. I don't think he delighted in Moses not to go into the promised land. 
but God is a just God. Amen? He is a holy God. You know what God's, you know what his, his, his character really is? His delight is in showing mercy. That's what he delights in. By God's mercy, people are saved. He delights in showing mercy. And this is exactly what he did when those would not come. He went and showed mercy on others. He sent more servants. Many rejected grace. There had to be more invited. This has really spoken to me this week. Look, if we're not having any evangelistic uh, success in those that we're trying to evangelize, we need to look for somewhere else to go. They turn to the Gentiles. Go into the world and preach to all creatures. It's God's design that all are preached to. And guess who he left here to do it? We it. He's the only one left here. Go to those outcasts that no others deem worthy. James 2, 5. This is one of my favorite scripture. Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? Those who are poor in the world are rich in faith. And I'm telling you what, there's, I, I promise you, there are more There's more revival going on out there among those people that have nothing than's going on in America today. Do you hear me? There there are places experiencing revival. And these are are poor people that don't have anything. The homeless and all sorts of people are mentioned. You know what? We ought to just be thinking about, where can I go try next? Don't quit. Don't give up. Just find somewhere else to go. Verse 10. And those servants went out to the roads, look at this now, and gathered all whom they found. Both, look here, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. Uh, Gathered all they found. Well, God's grace, again, empowered. Acts 1-8 that we just looked at this morning. uh, And you'll you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll go into Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth, right? So you know what God did? In, In a supernatural way, He empowered these Jews, these apostles, to go to the people that they hated. That's what he did. The servants were so anxious to please the king that they went out among the Gentiles. Much of God's grace was extended, and when they went out, they had great success. Many came in to the wedding feast. They gathered all whom they found. They were all gathered at the banquet. Look, this is the way the church ought to be. I'm telling you, I love... <clears throat> uh, some of y'all may have picked up on it this week. One of my favorite scriptures, now they're, uh, they're, they're using it to give approval to uh, all kinds of sexual perversion. 
and you, you know the scripture. It's in the, uh, I believe it's in the NLT. Uh, and I looked and I saw a great crowd. Everyone was there. All nations, all tribes, all peoples, all languages. Did you hear that? All nations, all tribes, all peoples, all languages. Just, just go. Look, I wish you could stand up here. It's one of those days you'd like to take a snapshot. Look what God has assembled. They were all gathered at the banquet. This is the way the church should be. All kinds are gathered in. Now remember this, in this world, they'll be both good and bad. They'll be both in good and bad. Tares will grow among the wheat. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. Uh, even the beggar, I, I would imagine if, uh, if Lazarus had still been around, right? I, I bet they'd have brought him. And what did he have? He had such a, a terrible existence that only the dogs wanted to take care of him and lick his wounds. Okay, did you hear that? The beggar at the, uh, at the dung hill was brought to sit among the princes. Revelation 7, 9, I just looked at it. We won't look at it again. So this morning, those who came, who were they? And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found both good and bad. Look at Fort, Luke 14, 21 to, through 23. So the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, all of those that would not come, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city. Y'all look at me. I don't care what little uh, off the side of the main street, street there is in Nashville, Arkansas, or Mineral Springs, or, or Murfreesboro, wherever, that, that, little, that little street that goes down there and does a little cul-de-sac. I don't care what county road there is in Howard County. If you'll just go down that road, I promise you're, you, you're going to do a couple of things. You're going to find a bunch of people that are unchurched and do not know Jesus. And we've got to be praying for them and looking for them that we might witness Christ to them. Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city. I like that word quickly there. Bob Hensley witnessed to him in Texarkana. Terrible pain. Uh, he assured me that he was right with the Lord, right with his family. And I do pray that he was, but 50 years old. And man, I'm going to tell you, once we heard that word cancer, he was gone pretty quickly. But do you hear this word here? How about your loved ones? Go quickly. It's urgent. Quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Hey, they would have been a bunch of folks coming in on walkers and stretchers. Just get them here. 
Come on now. We could do a better job at that, couldn't we? We, we could work a little harder at getting them here. Amen? And the servant said, Sir, man, this is the kind of servant he wants. Sir, what you commanded has been done, and there's still room. Like, wouldn't it be great? It's kind of that way next door in the prayer time. We have to put out a few chairs every morning for prayer time. Wouldn't it be great if every week I talk about bringing in the, those kind of people to be saved, and every week we have to add 10 or 12 more chairs? But we got to be willing to go. We got to be willing. Hey, we got to be willing to go in among them Gentiles and among them dogs, okay, where we may not be real comfortable. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. I do believe there's, I do believe, listen to me, I do believe there's out there, and I don't know what the demographic is. I would call it a, a pretty young demographic. Oh, middle teenagers to 40. I, I really believe there's some people out there that if they knew they were going to hear the Word of God preached in its entirety every Sunday, they'd have an interest in that. You know, we're way past having little pep talks and little, little feel-goods. We need the pure gospel message, repent and turn to God in faith. As a matter of fact, I look out there and, and, and I read, I read why, why you came here or why you come here. And there's people hungry, hungry for that. So, I'm telling you, this had to be an extraordinary thing for the king to do. To invite more and more. Hey, I don't care if they're paupers or beggars or what they are. I want my house full. You know, I think that probably would help a lot of churches if we got to the place that we didn't care. We, matter of fact, we don't care who comes as long as they want to hear Jesus. Amen. Now, remember, this king represents God. Now, some questions for you here, okay? Would it ever happen that God would have no one at the marriage supper of the Lamb? Let me ask that again. Would it ever happen that God would have no one at the marriage supper of the Lamb? The marriage supper of the Lamb is going to have all the people that... The Father gave the Son, and all those people who came, they're going to be at the marriage feast of the Lamb. It's not going to be lacking for people. Here's what you don't want to do. You just want to be sure you're one of them. When the call goes out, you want to be sure you get the call. Amen? Would, would it ever possibly happen that none would be saved? Can the work of the Lord Jesus Christ be ineffective? Could Jesus die in vain? It is impossible for such outcome. He is going to save folks. 
You just need to be sure you're not one of those that would not come. Matter of fact, you ought to be the one, maybe even before the invitation's given, you're running to Jesus to be saved. John 6, 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Y'all hear that? And whoever comes to me. Whew, I, I still think of the young man that really taught that scripture to me. Because he came here and he was lost and did, he did not have a pretty back. Just like a lot of us, his past wasn't pretty. He just couldn't believe two things. First of all, he couldn't believe that that young lady that he'd fallen in love with might even marry him. And he surely couldn't believe that God would save a sinner like him. But you know, he, he came to this scripture. You know what we ought to do with scripture? We ought to just believe it. Again, James 2, 5. Listen, my beloved brothers. Has God not chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised those who love him? 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 29. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. You know, sometimes, aren't y'all glad that sometimes God works in ways that we're amazed at? Aren't we sometimes amazed that he would save a wretch like me? Wow, pour his mercy and grace out upon me when I deserve the wrath of God. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised even in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. That's, that's, we're prideful men, amen? When we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ in, at judgment, we won't have any problems being humble. Three short things to leave you with. I want you to see what brings Christ glory and God the most honor. First of all, I want you to see that the ones who came to the wedding feast were grateful. You know the last time for most of those that finally came to the wedding, the wedding feast, y'all listen, the last time they'd had the fattened calf, they, they couldn't remember the last time they had the fattened calf. It'd be like somebody telling me, what, what were those steaks you told me? They were $17 a pound. Jeannie said, look, this steak is $17 a pound. These, these people that finally got to come to the feast, right? They have no, they have no knowledge of the fattened calf. They just barely got by. Are y'all with me? So these people that came, they were grateful. Look, the more you see how sinful you were, and the more you see how much Christ did, the more grateful you'll be. The rich people, they had it every day. It wasn't anything to have the fattened calf. These guests appreciated the fattened calf. You know, have, have you not ever been somewhere and you looked around and you think, how in the world did I end up in here? Have you never been in a situation like that? You think, how in the world did I end up here? 
I'm not supposed to be here. And I, I'm quite sure these looked around and thought, what? I'm at, the, I'm at the wedding of the king's son? How did that happen? By the grace of God, amen? Number two, the ones who claim, came, they were glad to be there. Listen, they weren't prim, they weren't proper, but they were there, and they were glad to be there. They were glad that they were included. Now remember, those people, y'all look at me, those people who are forgiven much will love much. Number three, because God did it this way, this banquet is easily remembered as being special. This was an unusual occurrence. Look, it made God's holy word. Amen? So, listen carefully. This banquet was a one of a kind. To gather this group off the streets for the wedding of the Son of God was a new thing. That didn't happen every day in the kingdom. To gather this group that he gathered was not common. Now, listen closely. When Jesus Christ saves a man, it is no common event. There is no common salvation. Every time someone is saved by the Lord Almighty, it is an uncommon, special, one-of-the-kind event. We're not cookie cutters. How He does it, not always the same, amen? Many go unsaved. And it looks to me like in our day and time, most go unsaved. So it is an uncommon event, somebody say amen, when somebody repents and radically gives their life to the Lord. When God saved us, it was no common event. I think about my salvation. And, I, and I'm, I'm privileged because of where I kind of operate two or three days a week. I get to share mine all the time. You know, the, the way God saved me, I don't know of another person he saved like he saved me. It was an uncommon event. It took me years to figure it out. An uncommon event. Listen, when... Christ saves great sinners. This is amazing. He takes them from the kingdom of the devil, brings them to his feet, washes them with his blood, gives them a new heart and a new spirit. He puts himself in them and puts his law in their minds and writes it on their hearts, and then he moves them to do his will. That is not a common event that happens in everybody's life. This is supernatural. So the wedding hall was what? Filled with guests. When rebels despise and re reject Christ, theirs is not the last word. You remember, you remember those guys? What did they say? They would not come. Oh, so God wrung his hands again, right? The king wrung his hands, said, I don't know what I'll do now. No, God says to us, go get a different group of people. 
Don't give up. There are those who will come. It may not be exactly. Where did Paul start to go? And they wouldn't let him go there. Was it Macedonia? I can't remember exactly where he was going to go, but it didn't work out and he sent him somewhere else. The hatred of those that would not come will be overcome by God's goodness towards other people. Look, he is going to pour his mercy and grace out upon somebody. This is a a statement I came across that I, I'm glad I'm glad to hear this. The praise of the redeemed in heaven will drown out the cries of the unrepentant in hell. Are y'all with me? Those in hell, you know what they're going to hear for an eternity? Crying, gnashing of teeth, anger. Aren't you glad we won't have to hear that? All we're going to hear is the other saints praising the Lord for what He's done. But remember, we'll see next week that the unrepentant and unbelieving at judgment will be exposed. You know, it's been a, it's been a minute since I thought about it, but uh, somewhere uh, a young man came into a college group. He came from overseas and Went, went to college, fit in with everybody else, and uh, started going to the college Bible study. And so he hadn't been there very long, and he, he, was, he, was, he was different than the rest of the guys, and he was living a good life. Well, it, it came time to go home for a, a Christmas break, and so they said, Hey, Joe, when you come back, would you teach, would you teach one of the, the, the Bible studies for us? He said, Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. The whole time this guy was a Muslim, did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but he, he lived a life that looked like a Christian. Are y'all with me? So he went undercover here, right? He just fit in with everybody. But now listen to me. The unrepentant and the unbelieving at judgment will be exposed. All who claim to be Christians and yet are not Christ, do not belong to Christ, will be exposed. They will be exposed and eternally condemned on the day of judgment. It said in the scripture we read last week, and he was speechless. We'll look at this again next week. So let me ask you, has this happened in your life? Has an uncommon event happened in your life? Has, has your life been radically changed and sent you in a different direction? We looked at it earlier. When he saves great sinners, he takes them from the devil, brings them to his feet, washes them with his blood, gives them a new heart and a new spirit, puts himself in them, puts his law in their minds, and writes it on the heart and moves them to do his will. Has that, is that happening in your life today? If not, you need to come. You need to come to Christ today. You need to repent of your sins and believe in him and turn to him for forgiveness. 
We'll end where we started in Isaiah 55, 6, and 7. You know, uh, we could have said this about Bob Hensley last week. So, so what I'm telling you, every day people are leaving here. Listen to the first word in Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord when? While he may be found. If you're alive, breathing, still got your mind, you can seek him today. But once we pass from this life to the next, no more opportunity. So seek him today. Call upon, hey, I can't imagine. I can't imagine if you're lost in here this morning, you'll ever get any closer to Christ than you are right now. Well, the day's the day to come. Today's the day to accept the invitation to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Jimmy, could we sing, uh, I've decided to follow Jesus again? Is that a possibility? Bob, would you lead us if he can wrap that up?